Good morning, everyone. This is Austin Jardine. Welcome to the Vanguard Project. What is up, everyone? Happy frickin' Friday. First of all, welcome to Musings of a Madman, number two, round two. This is a segment embedded in the Vanguard Project uh, to recap some of the things learned throughout various interviews, uh, talk about a couple random topics that have been floated my way to get my thoughts on and spend a little bit of time researching to understand what the hell somebody's talking about, uh, but then also uh, cover a variety of other topics that I'm hoping uh, you enjoy. We'll get to know me a little bit more and uh, maybe start some conversation. So today... Uh, we're going to talk about woodchucks, uh, some lessons learned from the interviews this week, uh, YouTube, the loyalty of my damn dogs, and some sharp stabby things. <clears throat> so if you guys follow me on social media, which I encourage you to, because not only will you get to put a face to the name, but also see some of the shit that goes on outside of the microphone. Um, but on social media, uh, I like to put out a picture with a request that says, Hey, you know, over the next week, what do you want me to go learn about a little bit and then come back to with an answer to that question right on a given Friday or whatever the next episode of the musings of a madman is. And you know, the first one, uh, you know, I pl it, it's funny. Uh, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes and I won a stupid prize, uh, because last week it was whether or not a bear shits in the woods. And, you know, I did a little bit of research and the answer was extremely nebulous. Nebulous being my, my favorite word recently. I don't even know why, but it's, it's kind of fun. Um, in that it really depends on what kind of bear you're talking about. So I went ahead and I threw out the same question. Hey, what do you all want me to go figure out this week? And <sighs> tier won it this time. Uh, and I keep playing this stupid game. And I think that I will continue to win stupid prizes because he asked how much wood could a woodchuck chuck of a woodchuck could chuck wood. It's funny. Anyways, I don't even know why I got distracted there, but I totally did because I was trying to think of something clever to say. But I did all of five minutes worth of research, if even that, because there's a dude who's on YouTube whose name is Jungle Jordan. And he gave me all of the names that they have, one of them being Whistle Pigs, which I don't think is accurate unless I'm wrong with the Whistle Pigs that I, you know, shoot out in the desert. I don't really know. Either way, I don't think it's right. But. He referenced a guy from Cornell University uh, that did research to measure the volume of a woodchuck den uh, in order to understand how much wood or how much uh, material it displaced in order to calculate how much wood a woodchuck chuck if woodchuck could chuck chuck wood. Whatever the fuck it means. In which case, it was 700 pounds. So the short answer is, on average depending on obviously the type of wood because some wood is a little bit more dense than others i'm assuming that makes sense i don't know it's it's my thursday i'm gonna leave it be 700 pounds i'm gonna link the youtube video so that if you want to go spend another five minutes of your life learning more about wood checks you can listen to his his music uh his music video leading up into it but yeah uh i'm gonna post another question out there uh later on tomorrow well, I guess on Friday, I'm recording this on Thursday so that I can get the hell out of town this weekend. 
Which is going to move me on to uh, my next thing because I am super, super excited for this weekend. I have not had the chance to get out of town for a couple of weeks. Uh, over the winter, I was out like, man, like every weekend camping. And uh, I'm really excited because for those of you that don't know, you know, I've, I've done a lot of different things outdoors over the past couple of years. And, you know, I just I love being outside. And it's one of those things that recharges me. And I just kind of love getting away and unplugging for a little while. And, um, my wife likes to go camping with me, but she's not necessarily like a big, uh, tent camper. She doesn't like the heat and everything. And I've been fascinated with, um, truck bed camping. You know, I think that I've heard it called stealth camping too, which is where you've got a, a camper on the back that, uh, you build out a sleeping platform with your mattress and everything in it. And you've got, um, everything basically built into this thing. So you park and you're ready to go. You don't need to set up a tent. You don't need to do anything other than maybe set up a stove and light a fire and you're off to the races. And so I think it was like, I don't know, I've been looking at them forever and I had a really hard time buying a, uh, um, a camper shell because you know a new one a brand new one that extends a little bit higher than than your cab they're, those things are like thirteen hundred dollars and i know that you can find them like used and stuff online but you're always kind of it's like hey is it gonna fit do i gotta measure it i gotta yada 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 and um i definitely feel like i'm coming to my own on this where i build something when i probably should have just bought it and so i built my own little camper shell so I built it out of like three inch, I think it's three inch thick plywood, a couple of two by fours. I fiberglass the whole son of a bitch. And I built this, uh, this camper on the back of my truck and, uh, it looks really dodgy. Like, I mean, my wife tells me it's super redneck, which it totally is, but it works. And so I built this camper on the back, you know, I've got, it looks like an overlanding rig. You know, I've got, um, my traction mats on the side, a splitting ball, a shovel. I got a, a solar panel put on it pretty recently and uh, a little window. And this thing is like decked to the nines, right? Like if zombie apocalypse happened today, I'd be set other than, you know, maybe not enough food in it. But that's kind of the only thing I have to do is maybe throw a change of clothes and everything else is in there and some food. And I'm like off the races. So I'm really excited because over the winter, um, I used it a lot. I started it in the, you know, during man, I wanted to say, I think it was like in January, December or January, I don't remember. And I started building this thing. And so ever since I finished it, I was just like going out every weekend, putting this thing to use. And uh, when I got it done and insulated and everything, uh, we actually took it up to Sun Valley, which is a couple hours away from us up in the mountains. And it was like, I think, I don't know what it got to overnight, but I think it was like 17 degrees when we got up that morning. And uh, after we got up and kind of got moving, my wife was like, okay, this thing is actually legit. It might not look, might not look the part, but it serves the purpose and it's freaking cool. So that was pretty sweet. But what I'm excited for about this weekend is one, it'll be the first time I've tried it in the summer. So I'm really curious to see how it holds up, which I'm assuming obviously no change, but I also am really tempted to get like a small little air conditioner just because why the heck not? I mean, there's, there's solar panels, so I might as well get after it, right? But, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a new hunter for those of you guys that are listening and something that, uh, you know, I got, I got addicted last year. I went on my first hunt and didn't harvest anything, but definitely caught the bug. And I've been addicted to Onyx and Google earth and kind of spending some time on the elk one-on-one and just kind of cruising through as much information as I can. And one of the common things by common themes I keep hearing is, um, really you need to obviously have boots on the ground 
but then if you are able, you know, willing and able to get out to spend time out in the hills and seeing kind of the patterns and understanding where the deer and elk are going to be at, the more likely you are to be uh, successful in the fall. And so I feel super weird. And I don't know if it's just me when I say, yeah, I'm going to go scouting this weekend. Cause it's like, you know, it'll be like the first of July next week. So it's like that, that seems kind of weird to me. And I don't know if that's just me or if I just am like trying to come up with an excuse to get the hell out of the house. But I'm really excited because I've got several routes planned out. Uh, I'm trying to decide between two different ones, at least for this weekend. Cause if I have time next weekend, I'm going to try and get out too and maybe go to a different spot kind of depending on the success of, of this weekend. Um, but I'm really excited. You know, I've been, I've been, working out quite a bit more kind of changed my workout structure a little bit you know my wife and I were doing jujitsu pretty consistently and then with the start of the podcastings you know I've kind of changed a little bit and I'm not gonna lie people that I've been talking to have motivated me to <laughs> to start taking my health a little bit more seriously kind of like I did when I was in college and so I've been loading up my I've got my Everly Stock uh, mainframe pack you know it's their it's their load-bearing meat uh, meat frame and so I, I've been loading that up with 45 pound plate of 45 pound plate. God, I can't talk today at the gym and just marching for like an hour on that guy. It's really funny. People look at me like I'm fucking nuts, which I probably am, but you know, I'll listen to a book or watch Netflix while I'm moving because it's hard to get out somewhere throughout the week. So it's fun just to do it at the gym, get a workout in and then walk for a while. So I'm super excited. And, um, you know, since starting working with Mountain Primal, I've, I've, I've ate quite a few of their steaks before, and I'm really excited because I actually have some that I've been saving for this trip, so I'm going to have some Gucci meat while I'm out there. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, but uh, that being said, if you guys haven't checked out Mountain Primal, you know, I partnered with them a couple of weeks ago, and I can't tell you how much A, I appreciate them and, and, you know, the support that they're offering for me. But also, if you haven't listened to John's uh, John's podcast yet, um, the one that, that I published, I think he was like the third interview I'd, I'd ever sat down with. So super cool, super intimidating, not going to lie, because they are just awesome folks and I love their values and I love how they speak to them, speak to them march to them. And really, if you want to get a sense of who they are, you know, they've got a lot of other interviews out there, but they're absolutely worth taking a look at and supporting them either with merch or packs or, or not packs, but uh, meat, all of the good stuff. Um, you know, I've got my Vanguard uh, code for 15% off. And yes, this is a shameless plug, but they are honestly amazing people. So please go take a look and, and support them. Um, that being said too, um, I've got uh, I got a recommendation on a book to go check out, which I'm pretty stoked for. So I'm a big audiobook guy. You know, I'm a little I'm a bit of a squirrel, so it's kind of hard for me to sit down and read. If you guys, one thing you guys will learn, I think, in due time, is that I have a very difficult time sitting still uh, for any longer than maybe an hour which probably annoys the living hell out of my wife, but that is what it is. And so uh, Michael Shea sent me a message on Instagram. I was like, dude, you should take a look at my book. You know, it's the Rimfire Revolution. And so I'm really excited because I know that there has been a huge like influx of Rimfire shooters, particularly in, it's really funny to say this, but like the precision world, because they've got the NRL 22 is, is one series of events that I'm aware of. And that is like precision shooting with a 22. And so, you know, the 22s have been around forever. They're super versatile. You know, I'm really curious to see where he's taking this book. So um, I actually have it downloaded. I have to remember to take the laptop with me so that I can read it overnight. 
um, at least cruise through it. So excited to see what he has to say, because at some point, you know, when I get back and probably after the 4th of July, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, getting a hold of him again and then having him hop on it and talk to us about it. So in the meantime, if you guys are reading that, I would love to get your feedback and maybe get a, get a couple questions in the queue for him. So, um, leading into maybe the next thing that I'm thinking about is, uh, I know a lot of podcasts have YouTube channels and, you know, a lot of video or a lot of the interviews uh, I've done have been over Zoom, right? I've been able to record a lot of things and more, uh, I guess I've recorded a lot of the interviews, but there was no intent originally to uh, record with the intent to publish the video. And so... What I'm curious to know is, or what I'm kind of tossing around is whether or not I'm going to start a YouTube channel, how I'm going to manage it, would I edit the video, kind of just going through all of these ideas of whether or not I want to go down that route. So if you guys have any insider experience into uh, managing a YouTube channel for a podcast, I'd be super interested because that's, you know, when I was in high school, I did editing, like uh, video editing for the school news, but that was like... 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So I really don't have experience anymore. So if you guys don't mind just kicking out some ideas to me, I'd appreciate a little bit of, a little bit of help, uh, and maybe getting that set up. So hit the mic. I'm talking with my hands. So, but anyways, I'll, uh, I'll move on because there's just a lot of other things that I'd like to cover. And uh, I really want to talk about some of the stuff that I've learned from our, our guests this week. Um, because I feel like there was a lot of powerful commentary that happened and I don't want that to be overshadowed. So number one, uh, if you haven't listened to Nicole's story, you need to pause this and get over to it. Um, she is just a remarkable human being. The message that she shared was amazing. And I think that the one thing that I, that is, that stems out of it or the one sentence is that, um, you, you as an individual own your own outcome. You need to sit with your demons and take responsibility uh, for what comes next. So to expound on that a little bit, uh, to sit with your demons, that's probably one that I think can be confusing. At least I know that I've been confused by that. Um, But I will give you my interpretation and my experience and kind of uh, a tool in my toolbox for sitting with your demons. Um, uh, It's something that I've had to learn over time that my wife and I are actually getting really good at, at being able to communicate with. And so I know that when I have a demon come up, the demon being anxiety or a thought or whatever that just seems to kind of shake me off my rocker, um, you don't run from it, right? Uh, You kind of sit there and you're like, wow, this really sucks. Like, man, I'm having this feeling or this thought or something is happening that is not uh, leaving me in a really good state. But if I kind of just sit with it and accept the fact that it's here and that it's okay and, and I can look at it kind of with a little bit of clarity and knowing that, you know, it's not, nothing is really wrong or broken so much as just a fleeting moment in time where if I kind of just say, hello, darkness, my old friend and shake its hand, fist bump it, flip it off and walk on. And and I've noticed that if I can do that, or even if I just say, Hey, Whoa, I just had something happen. You know, my thoughts are going crazy, anxiety, kind of just giving it a little bit of recognition for it just popping into my head, even when nothing's wrong and there's nothing really to, to cover. Uh, that for me tends to help alleviate a lot of the stress and, and particularly helps me kind of shake the idea or shake whatever's going through my head and allows me to move on from my, excuse me, move on with my life and my day. And that was something that took a very long time for me to understand. 
And so that's, you know, I'm kind of opening up a little bit, but that's, that's something that, that I find encouraging to hear is that other people are learning to sit with their demons or, or probably way more adept at it than I am that I can learn from. So, uh, but yeah, take responsibility for what comes next. Um, don't stay stagnant. Um, and so, uh, yeah, kind of moving on though. Um, I respect and appreciate Nicole and her story. We've been tossing around the idea already of maybe doing a second interview to expound some more on her life story. Um, and not to get hung up on, on, you know, ranting about, you know, all of the health and wellness and everything, because again, it's a soapbox for me. I think it's a great thing. Um, but if you guys do find yourself getting stuck, just know that there are a lot of folks out there like myself, where you've got a friend in me, we all do care. So if you feel that you need somebody to help push you forward or get you connected in some way, I don't fucking care, dude. Just let me know and let's get after it. So number two, uh, if you guys haven't listened to Derek freaking Woodskies, that dude, <laughs> that guy's a badass. I woke him up one morning, uh, to record our conversation. Uh, and had I not needed to go to work, I could have listened to him all day. He is just the most well-spoken, awesome, just straight up human being. I think I've, I've come across and, I think for me through our conversation is um, kind of going back to the conversation about values. Um, in order to live a life that you believe is fullest, right, or that you are most fulfilled, you need to understand what your values are and being able to march to those and let those guys do your decisions. So from what we talked about, you know, if you go back and listen to it again, right, he talks about well, I'm no long, I haven't gone on a hunting trip in, you know, 18 months and I haven't seen my family in six weeks and I haven't, you know, coached, uh, coached a collegiate athlete in the way that I normally would for 10 years, right? Like I'm not fulfilling myself as a person. Is there something I can do kind of that will financially support me in a way that, you know, I feel comfortable, um, but continue to allow me to do, or, or that will allow me to take that next step and be happy with my values and, and moving forward. So I think that that's something that I, if I have time and I kind of, again, squirrel, if I can have myself sit down and write out, you know, the values of, of myself and everything, um, I definitely will share those with you guys. And, uh, I would love to have that conversation with some of you. So if you guys want to drop in a DM or whatever the cool kids say it is, an email, um, we'll chat about it because I, you know, I'm very uh, open and I love to talk, obviously, and uh, I love to learn from other people and see what they value and, and where they're getting energy from life. But next week, next week are going to be two awesome interviews. So one of them is going to be Mr. Rick Crawley from Achilles Heel Tactical. Uh, we owe him, uh, this segment. He was the one who was like, you need to start, you're doing obviously a good thing. Uh, but you need to figure out a good way to relate to your audience and let them know why the hell they should care about you. And so I appreciate that because it's giving me, uh, a good way to think about the, the interviews that I'm doing and how to summarize my interpretation and application of stuff like that. Um, the second one, um, as you guys are blatantly aware, um, one thing that I really am, am very passionate about is the support of our communities, whether that's first responders, military, law enforcement, right? Just having people get out and support other individuals. And every month I'm going to do my due diligence to highlight and have a conversation around a cause um, to help bring awareness and drive maybe a little bit of traffic that way and, and use... Uh, 
you know, the platform that I'm building for them to help uh, build build their connections and relationships and their story. And so next week we're talking with Gia Verratti covering the National Warrior Foundation. And it's really cool because their focus is on building morale-based communities or morale-based programming, which means you know, they're focusing on people's interests as a form of healing. So whether that's, you know, underwater basket weaving, horse riding, gardening, shooting, whatever, connecting people in order to um, build that sense of, of communal uh, community value, love and appreciation. So I'm really excited. You know, I edited her story the other day or that that interview and man, it's just super cool. She's extremely well spoken and I'm really excited for for her story to get out. Um, okay. We're going to get into some dogs. So, uh, my family's a big dog family. We have, so my wife and I have two golden retrievers. Uh, my mother-in-law has a one golden retriever and a golden doodle. And then my parents have three golden retrievers. And we obviously are a big dog family. And it was funny because when Eric and I first started, or when the, our two dogs are her dogs. So, you know, when we moved in, right, they came with Erica. And so some people might be like, you moved in with two dogs. Little did you know, we actually had three. And I love those little bastards, those big bastards, because one of them's like 100 pounds. And so Bruno, our big one, is like my adventure buddy. He will go anywhere with me. Like if he gets the chance, he will break down the glass door to get into the pickup and take off. And so um, over the past couple of months, uh, you know, with COVID and everything, I've actually been working from home. Um, so my office is actually the office I record in is the office that I work in. And so he's really funny because, um, in the mornings we've kind of got this little thing down where I'll get up and I'll look at him and be like, all right, dude, you ready to go to work? And he'll look at me and he'll be like, let's fucking go to work. And a little butt of wiggle and I'll get all excited. And, uh, we call him the dude because, uh, He's not necessarily the sharpest knife in the drawer, and I think he knows it, but you look at him sometimes, and he'll do something, and you're like, dude, what the fuck are you thinking? And so we call him the dude because he does dude stuff, and you're like, dude, you're an idiot, but I love you, dude. And so uh, the other day, I was getting up to go to work, and uh, I got up, and Erica works nights, right? So she had just, I think, gotten into bed as I was getting up to go to work, and I was like, all right, brew. Like, are you ready to go to work? And he's like sitting in bed and he like looks at me and then he like looks at Erica. And I said, well, dude, are you going to come to work? And then he looks up at the ceiling, like thinking. And like, he totally has like this thinking face on as if a dog had like a ponderous, like he's like, he's becoming Socrates. And I was like, well, and he like looks at Erica, looks at me and then lays down. And I was like, you fucker, I know what you're up to. And so I was like, it's Thursday. It was like Thursday or Friday. And I'm like, dude, we only have one day left. Get up. Let's go. And so he stayed in bed all day. Like he wanted nothing to do with me. And so being my adventure buddy and not having time recently to go out, um, he's slowly becoming a bit of a mama's boy. And he like won't come hang out with me as much. I will go out. I've been like actively trying to go out and throw the ball with him a little bit more to kind of win him back a little bit. But yeah, he's just got like a little bit of an attitude lately. And so I don't know if he's, if he knows that I'm leaving this weekend, but I guarantee you when I get back, that's just going to like drive it home that uh, he's a mama's boy because I didn't take him with me. Um, but yeah, I, uh, he's my adventure buddy. I love him. He, he's hilarious because when we go out, I, he's, he's an, he's really good off leash of 
when we're out in nature, when we're in public, he's the redheaded stepchild. Um, but we're, when we're out, he'll run like maybe 50, 75 yards ahead of us and then come back. And he listens really well, despite the fact that when we go snowshoeing, he likes to walk behind me and snip on my snowshoes and try and kill me that way. And then he'll get excited, run forward, and make snow angels. So he's kind of a goofball, but it's really good. So um, I'm really ex- really excited to get out this weekend. Not looking forward to uh, to the attitude that I'm going to get from him when I get back, but I don't know. It'll be good. So I, I posted a picture. What's today? So it's Thursday. I think I posted a picture early this morning of me and Brew. So uh, if you guys want to see who the dog is that I'm talking about and the goober that he uh, continues to be, check me out on Instagram and let me know what you guys are up to this weekend. Uh, moving on. Um, so I kind of want to talk about some sharp, stabby, cool things. So growing up, um, every, like, God, every chance my grandfather got, he would give me knives. So I would get like a package of knives from like big five sporting goods or wherever he went. And so somewhere I probably have like 30 or 40 knives and like, that's not even an exaggeration. And he would do that. I think partially because, you know, knives, but also I remember, uh, you know, they used to own a tool store, him and my grandma used to own a tool store and, you know, I'd go work for him either at their shop, at their house or wherever. And he'd always call me, he'd be like, Austin, I need you to cut this strap or open this box. I'm like, grandpa, I don't have a knife. You know, I'm, I'm like a young kid at this point. Right. And, uh, he's like, what do you mean you have a knife? I've given you knives all the time. And uh, he'd cut it open. So now like I always have a knife with me. So I love, I love knives. I love sharp things. I'm slowly realizing like how to pick really good quality knives, what quality looks like and how it feels because there's like a marked difference between like, you know, a $10 knife and a $180 knife. Like there's a significant difference, but then there's also a difference between a $180 knife and a $500 knife. Like it's, it's ridiculous. But that being said, um, I interviewed, um, a guy by the name of William Jinks and uh, his interview will come out here in a couple of weeks, but I'm going to kind of spoil it maybe a little bit just because I was super, super excited to talk to him. He was just an awesome guy, but he brought over one of the uh, reverse edge tip down blade in, uh, fighting knives, the fighting style of knives that Ryan in the Fieldworks episode was talking about. And so he brought it over and he left it with me. He gifted me this knife and I'm like super like amazed because this thing is like legit. And so I carried it around with me all day yesterday and I'm excited to, uh, to practice with it because that's pretty cool. Like they're super cool. So I'm excited because uh, Will's story is very fascinating. He draws inspiration from some crazy cool places in order to design his knives. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, uh, I posted a picture of that earlier this week too, that, you know, if you're interested in taking a look at that, that tip down style, um, I'll, uh, I'll drop or take a look at that picture and I'm sure you'll see it throughout and otherwise take a look at both, uh, Jinx Bladeworks, uh, Instagram and, uh, let him know that you, uh, you came across him on the Vanguard podcast. Um, but other than that, um, I'm going to wrap today up really quick with just a, a reminder that you're responsible for your own happiness. You own your outcome, your own, your own outcome, and you are not alone right? People do care despite the no one cares work harder. Yeah, totally agree. Work harder, but sometimes you need people to, to push you forward and, and help you help you understand that maybe you're not pushing yourself hard enough or that there's a different direction to push yourself harder to become better. 
Uh, take stock of your values and make course corrections along the way to make sure you are leading a fulfilled life. Uh, woodchucks can carry a whole lot of fucking wood, which was a wonderfully great way to waste five minutes of my life. And uh, remember that you're the loyalty of your dogs goes a long ways. Uh, otherwise, your wife will steal them back from you, even though you stole them from her to begin with. So, Bruno, he's not in here right now, but I'm sure he'll hear this at some point. I'm watching. Otherwise, you guys have a great weekend. I hope you all stay safe. Have a bunch of fun. I look forward to dropping uh, Monday's episode and uh, kind of rolling it through again. Um, please like, subscribe, and review the show. That does just work wonders for me. Send this to your friends if you're getting something out of it. Um, follow me on Instagram. It's The Vanguard Project with periods in between. And uh, let's get connected. And then uh, let's grow the show. Let's have some fun. There's merchandise in the store. I got uh, a new design for the Musings of a Madman created. Um, I restructured it a little bit so that the design isn't as like obnoxiously big. And that way you can wear it around town and not feel like you are uh, a billboard. Uh, otherwise, thanks everybody. We'll catch you next time.